crazy competitive courses, UCAS Extra, and thinking like a Roman emperor. My name is Jonathan Tinnaker, and this is Better Uni Choices. This week, we look at why some universities are so ridiculously hard to get into. Spoiler, it's not about how hard the course is. We remind ourselves that UCAS Extra opens very soon, and we are introduced to some stoic thinking by a Roman emperor. So we start with, why are some universities so ridiculously hard to get into? Well, whether you are applying to university yourself, or are helping and advising students, you'll have all heard the same stories. A student predicted A-star, A-star, A-star with an excellent personal statement and reference gets rejected from a top university. Come A-level results day, some of these students will find themselves with no offers at all and might even find themselves as a headline in the press. But why is this? Why are amazing, talented students so frequently finding themselves rejected by universities when there seems to be nothing wrong at all with their applications? Well, to understand we need to go back a few steps. Some universities, you see, have insane levels of demand. Literally thousands of students applying for a handful of places. If you look at the UCAS end of cycle statistics for 2023, you will find a highly prestigious institution in London who received more than 26,000 applications in the main UCAS cycle for just 1,800 places. That's 14.4 applications per place. Meanwhile, a perfectly respectable modern university in the Midlands receives just 16,000 applications for 6,500 places. That's just 2.5 applicants per place. And, equally importantly, the applicants for the institution in London were almost certainly all holding predictions of AAA or better, while those to our university in the Midlands were almost certainly not. So why is this? Why do so many bright, intelligent students all want to study at the same place? Well, I have a few ideas. Universities in the UK, you see, are businesses. They are part of a market, but not a free one. Universities used to be seen as public organisations. They, just like state schools, provided education in exchange for government funding, agreeing their student numbers on an annual basis with the funding agencies. Over time, that has changed. First, with the introduction of low-level fees, initially £1,000 in 1997, and then with the introduction of much steeper fees, initially £9,000 in 2012. In 2013, the then Minister for Universities, David Willits, made it clear that he regarded universities as being in the private sector. But importantly, universities in the UK aren't part of a free market where they can charge whatever they like for their courses, they are actually part of one of the most tightly controlled, highly regulated markets of all, each restricted to a maximum tuition fee of £9,250 per year. Yep, the maximum fees have gone up by less than 3% in more than a decade. And yet, £9,250 per year is still an awful lot for you to consider paying for a year's tuition. It means that you will graduate with a debt of nearly £30,000, and that's before you start looking at living costs or longer degree courses. Now, I was working at the University of Leicester in 2010. We didn't know for sure how much the next government would raise tuition fees by, and so we wanted to understand what would happen to demand if the government raised tuition fees by differing amounts. We asked thousands of questions to thousands of students, giving them choices between different universities at different price points, 
with different levels of variation in terms of scholarships and bursaries. What we found was fascinating. If fees were raised to a fixed £9,000, students would very clearly start to choose the most prestigious universities. Essentially, if students were going to be forced to pay a lot for their university, they wanted to make sure it was a good one. And so it turned out when in 2012 the fees were introduced. Why is this? Well, to use an analogy, imagine the car industry operated in one of the following three ways. 1. Cars are free. The result? Cars aren't valued all that much, so on the whole people don't mind if they get a Fiat or a BMW. And some people don't want a car at all. 2. Cars vary in price, with BMWs being expensive and Fiat's cheap. In this case, the market controls demand. Some people have money to spend and choose to spend it on a BMW, perceiving it to have real value to them. Others don't have money or would rather spend it on something else, and so they buy a Fiat or they don't buy a car at all. Number three, cars all cost £27,000 regardless of the brand. Well, guess what? Cars are expensive, so more people think they have value and more people want one. In particular, they want a BMW because no one wants to spend £27,000 on a Fiat. And that, you see, in a nutshell, is why so many students apply to the most prestigious universities. Because you know you're spending a lot of money and you want to feel that you are spending it on something that has a good reputation and is a quality product. Now, of course, there is a little more to it than this. Firstly, universities spend millions on marketing and the truth is the larger, more successful universities are able to spend more. Secondly, the influence of league tables and rankings are powerful and you can hear all about that in episode 32. Thirdly, there is a question mark about why successful universities don't just expand. But the reality is that with fees capped at £9,250, many universities lose money on every UK student. They simply can't afford to expand. And of course, international student fees are uncapped. It is a free market. And while many universities maintain the same entry standards across UK and international students, some do not. And which is why, for some courses, it is easier for international applicants to get in. But, all of these things aside, in essence, prestigious universities are so popular simply because if you are paying a lot of money for tuition fees, regardless of where you go, you want assurances about quality. Does that mean that you should all continue to follow this trend and apply to the most prestigious universities? Honestly, I understand exactly why you may want to do this. But let's remember, if you follow prestige, you're effectively following what everyone else thinks is important, not what you think is important. There are so many better ways to find quality in your choice of university. And so I really hope you keep listening to my podcasts as I discuss all of the other ways to make better university choices. On to this week's Did You Know? Well, if you change your mind about what or where you want to study halfway through the application process, UCAS Extra could be for you. UCAS Extra opens on 26th of February and enables you to withdraw your applications and apply to new courses, one at a time. Just be aware that by the time Extra opens, the most high-demand courses may already be full. For more about Extra, have a listen to last week's podcast. And on to this week's 
quote of the week, which comes from Marcus Aurelius, a Roman emperor and a Stoic philosopher from more than 2,000 years ago. You have power over your mind, he says, not over outside events. Realise this and you will find strength. Consider this as just the briefest introduction to the philosophy of the Stoics, because coming up next week, we'll be having a deeper look at Stoicism, how it could relate to resilience and ultimately to your happiness. For now, thanks for listening. See you next week.